Hey, so we are on our last uh, last chapter for this series. It's titled Judging Disputable Matters. Judging Disputable Matters. Um, and it's going to come out of Romans chapter 14. And it's going to be all of chapter 14. Some things are black and white. Other things are gray. The Bible sometimes give, gives explicit commands. With these, there is no question. For instance, the Bible really means we should not commit adultery. But the Bible doesn't address everything. Even in some of its commands, remembering the Sabbath, it often leaves the implication up to us. This is where convictions come into play. Christians apply the command of Sabbath honoring in many different ways. Some insist on observing the real Sabbath, which is... Saturday, while others barely even observe Sunday other than attending church. What do we do in a what we what do we do in a church with both kinds of people? That is the focus of today's scripture. The issue in Paul's time was not observing the Sabbath. What was it? Do you guys remember? Who quizzed over Romans? Do you remember the issue going on in Paul's day? Between, well, there was, uh, I think it's in this chapter. Or in the one before. Um, there's an argument going on between Christians. Um, and it has to do with... Huh? Not to keep on sinning. It was, it was something uh, that we wouldn't even blink an eye about. Had to do with eating. You remember? Yeah, meats, Christ to idols, right? So that's the issue um, of Paul's day was eating meat virtually all of which had been previously offered to idols, okay? So, basically, you would pay to have this animal sacrificed to the gods or these idols or whatever. The priests would take part of the portion, do their sacrificing, they would get to keep some of it, and then the markets get the rest of it, right? They get everything. So it's been offered up to these idols, these gods, and then it goes to market, and then it gets sold to everyone else. Um, unless you had your own meat that you just butchered and slaughtered yourself and skipped that, but that was mainly the farmers, especially in Rome, which is a city um, that would have been people on the outskirts who have access, but they're the ones selling the cattle to be, to the people to be slaughtered. And then, so, uh, most of the time, the meat that you were buying had been sacrificed to idols. So there were differences in the Roman church on these disputable matters. And so Paul gave his 
prescription to resolve this in chapter 14. So real quick, I want us to talk about how you guys observe Sunday as a family. How do you observe Sunday as a family? Are there things that you do on Sunday that are unique to Sunday? Are there things that you don't do on Sunday? Um, what does your family do? Afternoon naps, you know, that's a, that's a Sunday thing, right? Huh? I can't believe you can imagine myself when I was like three or four and didn't want to take a nap. What about, uh, I know in my family we never, like, occasionally we go to, out to eat at a restaurant, but there was never like going to the grocery store or uh, going shopping or no working, things like that weren't done on Sundays. Sunday's a day of rest. Going to church. Um, anything else? All right. No sports? Anyone like that? Hardcore beliefs. No sports on Sundays. Like we lost our congregation. <laughs> yes. No. And then COVID came along. And no sports anyway. Okay, so the Roman church apparently had two factions regarding behaviors. There was a traditional group who wanted to keep some of the old taboos and rules, most likely from Judaism. Um, how could a serious Christian eat meat that in all probability had been offered to idols? There was one God and not eating meat that had been offered to false gods before being sold by the butcher was a long-standing moral rule for the Jewish people. How could a Christian then compromise to eat such meat? What about the Sabbath? Didn't God establish, establish the Sabbath even before the law was given at creation? Why should Christians ignore the Sabbath? There was also a more non-traditional group. Go figure, back in the old days, there was a traditional and non-traditional group uh, who considered the old taboos and rules irrelevant to Christian living. They saw no need to avoid eating meat just because some meat had been offered to idols. 
So what? They might have said. I know that the idol isn't even real. They considered the old Sabbath rules a sign of old Judaism. They didn't come over to uh, the Christians who were to worship every day of the week and not consider one day more special than another. With which camp would Paul side? Um, and that's probably the letter that Paul received um, or the message Paul received um, as he's writing this is what camp are you going to side with Paul? Um, so let's jump in and read Romans chapter 14 and see what Paul says. Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person, one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not, and the one who does not eat any, everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand for the Lord and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us... For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brothers or sisters? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, and every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an accounting of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutually edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean. 
But it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. All right. So what what caused your attention from that reading, that passage of Scripture? What side does Paul choose? Yeah, neither. Paul says, stop arguing, get along, love each other. This is not complicated. And then he goes into this little tirade. Uh, So what are some of the ways we can help those who are, as Paul puts it, weak in faith? So here's one, of, here's one of the interesting things. How many do you think read this and say, oh, I'm the one with weak faith? Anyone? No. So in, the, in how Paul's writing this, like, everyone's going to be like, I'm the one with the strong faith here. Like, they're the ones with the weak faith eating meat to sacrifice to idols. Like, they have to have their meat. That's weak sauce. And then the other group's like, look at this. They're like freaking out from meat sacrificed to idols. Those idols are just stone. There's only one God. Like, it doesn't even matter. They're weak. Um, And Paul's like, don't hurt each other, okay? This does not matter. Uh, One way or the other, don't make them, don't make the other person stumble. Don't throw this in their faith in their face um, don't make this a big deal um, don't judge them for it don't condemn them for it uh, and I like at one point where he's like keep it to yourself like 
don't tell people what you do. Like, it's something you gotta be announcing. Like, keep it to yourself. If you wanna eat the meat, don't go bragging about it. If you don't wanna eat the meat, don't go bragging about it. Like, okay? Now, then he goes into, now if you do know about it, so like, if I know Nathan, he doesn't like the eating of the meat, and he, he would be offended and hurt if he saw me eating meat. Well, if I know that, then Paul's saying, I have this responsibility to Nathan as a brother to Nathan in Christ, not to eat meat in front of him or around him, or to talk about it, or to make a big deal about it. Uh, now, when I, me and Nathan are around, and I'm at home, and we've purchased some meat, and we're having to sell, you know, we're eating, like, not a big deal. Um, but I shouldn't be making Nathan stumble or question question things over these issues. Now, it is important to know that we are not talking about like the mission critical points of Christianity. Uh, like, uh, you guys all know the Apostles' Creed. Yes. Okay. So, like. Those are our core beliefs as Christians. We're not talking about those things. We're not talking, did Christ rise from the dead? I don't think so. No, that's like mission critical. Yes, Christ rose from the dead. He forgave us our sins. We have salvation and new life in him. Uh, his grace is enough. We're not talking about mission critical things. Um, we're talking about these disputable matters um, and a lot of the disputable matters actually come from not things that God has given like the Ten Commandments uh, but from what the Jewish elders and Pharisees and teachers of the law added on to everything um, tacking on so the Lord says honor the Sabbath day keep it holy the Pharisees are like don't breathe too heavily or you're going to hell. You know, not actually, but, you know, it was pretty extreme. Um, and so, yeah. And so what Paul is, what Paul is pointing out, is like, okay, look, if you want to, if you want Saturday to be the Sabbath and that's the holy day and you want to honor that, great, do that. But, but don't be fighting and arguing with this group over here who wants to keep every single day a day of worship and wants to worship God all the time, not just on Saturday, but like in everything they do, they want to worship and praise God. That's okay too. That is still keeping what is the heart of keep the Sabbath day, make it holy, keep it holy. Um, it still keeps the heart of that. Uh, and that's, that's really what Paul is getting at here is there's a lot of these things that we bicker about. So we could translate this into today, to today's world. And you've got, it's got to be a hymn. It better be a hymn. There better be four hymns on Sunday uh, versus uh, we better have four contemporary songs on Sunday. And I better not hear a single hymn because that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, and you have this 
this clash over music. Who cares? It's music. If you are more spiritually touched by hymns, great. If you're more spiritually touched by contemporary music, great. Um, do we need to fight each other about this? No. That actually does more against the kingdom of God because when the world sees us bickering over what song we're going to sing our praises to, do you think that's a, that gives the message of love and forgiveness and compassion and grace? No, that says, hey, we're just like you and we have nothing to offer you. Come on down. No, yeah, like fighting over the color of carpet, fighting over pulpits or curtains or what's the thermostat's going to be set at and instruments and there are so many things that we bicker and fight about um, and it, it doesn't it doesn't matter it does not have any bearing on the kingdom of God whatsoever but what it does do is it divides us it tears us apart and when the world looks in they see the exact same brokenness that they're dealing with and so why would they go be a part of that? And so they don't. Because we take bets when it comes to our age months. Because <laughs> we take bets. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's really what Paul's getting at um, is, you know, stop fighting, stop bickering, get along, love each other. Um, but when you are aware of things, show compassion to each other. Um, don't judge each other for things. Um, show compassion and grace and love in the midst of it. And like, if, so here would be an example. If I know Nathan is super passionate about the color of wall schemes, you know, and he just hates beige with a passion, okay? Maybe it doesn't matter what the color is, the wall is painted, but should I go and paint it beige? Probably not because Nathan will die if it's beige, okay? So I gotta show grace and compassion for this thing that Nathan is obsessed with and not cause Nathan to, to, to get angry and and you know die because the walls got painted beige okay so that's just a silly example but yeah you know we got gray and gray blue uh, that's a that's a silly extreme example but it can be applied to other things uh, things that may hit closer to home we don't need to go around Picking fights with each other, we don't need to go around knowingly causing each other to stumble. But there's also this flip side uh, where we have to take responsibility for ourselves and say, you know what, I'm not going to get super offended by these things. I'm going to let them go. I'm going to show forgiveness and grace. Uh, so 
Nathan, on the flip side, if the walls happen to be painted beige in the bathroom, doesn't need to have a conniption and make a big deal about the walls being beige. And now he can never use that bathroom because they'll die if he turns the light switch on. Um, again, extreme examples, but like... <laughs> do you kind of get the picture of how, what Paul's talking about? Where we show grace and compassion to each other. And we don't knowingly try to make each other stumble or judge each other um, or hurt each other by our actions. But we, we get along and we show love and grace to each other. Okay, so uh, the last question I want us to talk about. Is there a conviction that your family holds to that maybe one of your friend's families doesn't? Or vice versa, do you have a friend whose family holds to a conviction that your family doesn't? Now, I'm going to give you an example first, then I want you guys to share. So, uh, my example would be this. When I was growing up, the conviction my mom had was that we were not allowed to watch Pokemon, okay? Not allowed to watch Pokemon at all. Digimon was okay, but not Pokemon. <laughs> uh, she didn't like Digimon either, but dad liked it, so we got it. <laughs> so, but no Pokemon, okay? And so all my friends played Pokemon card games and watched Pokemon and all that stuff. I was allowed to play the Pokemon video games but couldn't watch it couldn't do the cards okay so that was a conviction my family held that no one else really held and uh, a lot of times when people found out about that the response was well that's weird you guys are weird like okay probably not the response we would want what Paul would want to have in that situation the response Paul would want would be like, oh, okay. And then we just don't bring that up or Pokemon up around that person type of thing, you know? Um, or we don't try to push Pokemon onto that person uh, type of thing. So what would be some convictions that your family holds or that a friend's family holds that are contrary? Nathan went full rebel. <laughs> 
that's awesome. I want that. <laughs> and got home and begged and so on came in. We had we had Harry Potter. I wasn't able to read books until I was seventeen. <laughs> this is why I always be the youngest. Yeah. She used Any others? No SpongeBob. No Spongebob came out. That's how old Spongebob is, okay? And for the most part, it's it's funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. But it's just, like, stupid. Season one. Season one was the only season of Spongebob that's actually worth watching. That's from then on, it just went downhill. I don't know if the writer died or what. You can tell. You can tell when you get to the end of season one, the jokes just get dumber and dumber and dumber. Yeah. Okay, so here's another example I just thought of. This one's probably my favorite one because it doesn't, like, I'm sure it makes sense. It made sense to my parents at the time. But it doesn't, like, thinking about it, it doesn't make sense. So um, all through high school, I didn't watch Harry Potter until college. And that was because I was my own person and I could do what I wanted. but, like, Harry Potter was always, uh-uh, no, no. But we watched Lord of the Rings, and we watched Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, and, you know, Merlin, and all these other shows that also have witchcraft and wizardry in them. <laughs> but Harry Potter... <laughs> so... Yeah. 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 It does. I can see that. So. However, throwing Merlin in there, that just takes the credibility completely out of there. So, but it's, it's one of those things. Do we, as children, fight back and make a big deal about these convictions that our parents hold? What, what's Paul saying? We're not supposed to, like... Do we understand it? No, we don't understand it. Does it always make sense? No, it doesn't always make sense. But it is our parents' convictions. And so until we are no longer under our parents, they are our convictions as well. Um, and so there's no need to fight with them and you know, be mean about it or rude about it. If we want to talk to them about it, try to understand, that's fine. But 
there's no need to be nasty with our parents because their conviction doesn't make any sense to us. Okay? So that one's for you parents. Did you ever watch the John Chris video that he did, Things in the Word of Life? Yes. That is where you get your fill of strange convictions. Yeah. Okay, last thought. Um, I think one of the cool things is that Paul does not choose sides, but he also doesn't tell people to, you know, maybe you should look at your convictions and decide if they're really worth having. In fact, he says the exact opposite. He says, if you have convictions, you better keep them. They're important to you. Um, if you don't keep those convictions, then you're basically sinning, okay? So if Nathan's conviction is, I can't eat meat sacrificed to idols, but then he's like, well, maybe that conviction's stupid because I've been trying to convince him how stupid it is not to eat the meat, and so he eats the meat. Well, Paul's saying, well, now Nathan is basically sinning because he's going against what his conviction is, whereas... I have the conviction that eating meat is perfectly fine, no big deal, and so, you know, it's not an issue for me. Uh, we have to stay true to our convictions. Um, maybe our convictions change as we grow in the Spirit, but what Paul doesn't want to see happen is that you go against a conviction you have. Does that kind of make sense? So it's not like if you have a conviction now, you're going to have that conviction for the rest of your life. Um, you may grow in the spirit and come to a point where that's no longer a big deal for you. Um, but to go against that conviction while you have it, that is going to be more detrimental than anything else. Okay? Any questions? All right. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day and this time where we can come together and read your word and be reminded of who you are and be reminded of who we are and how we're supposed to get along with each other and love each other and show <coughs> compassion and grace and not to judge each other. Lord, we just pray that you will help us to be your people, your children, and to embody those things. It's in your name we pray. Amen.